Um, okay, so good morning. For those of you who don't know me, as she said, I'm Cindy Scriber, and um, I've been coming to Family Fest for about 10 years or so. I don't know. Um, I am the mother of five boys, ages 17 to 5. This story sort of uh, revolves around my eldest son, Mitchell, and so I, I felt like I ought to mention the other four. Grant is 16, and I think of him as kind of a homebody, and he's kind of a mama's boy. Um, there's Chad, who's got... Um, his dad's brains, but his mom's naughtiness, which is a bit of a deadly combo. Um, we've got Chester, who's 10, and um, I don't know, the way I always describe him, describe him is he's kind of a light in this world. So if you meet him, he just is, smiles all the time. And then there's Oliver, who is five, who is our baby and very loved. The brothers cannot get enough of him, so he's going to be spoiled, I think. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm just going to touch briefly on my... Um, childhood growing up. As a young girl, I was always very focused on my faith. Um, I grew up in a house with a family that went to church, but that was mostly um, driven by my mom. Um, my dad was and is an alcoholic. I add that piece just because it's a major influence in my life and part of the reason that faith was so important to me. I spent my youth going to Young Life, where Bill Ringham was my leader, <laughs> and then I did a thing called Campaigners on Thursday morning, where Michelle Dunbar was my leader. And it makes me laugh because I thought you guys were really old compared, <laughs> compared to me. But now we're like the same age. So I don't remember the exact day I dedicated my life to Christ. I just feel like it's always been there. Um, I went to Colorado State University, which was probably where I strayed the most from God, which is, I'm sure, no surprise to people here. Um, but even though I was probably the furthest from God, looking back, I see that he was guiding me. Two really good things came out of my time there. I met my husband, Mike. And we just, in August, celebrated 20 years of marriage. Um, and then I also quit drinking for the first time for about eight years. So yes, I inherited the alcoholic gene of which, my, of which the Lord helped me overcome a second time, I think about 10, I don't know, 12 years ago. It's hard to keep track. I honestly don't remember, but I could not have done it without God. I prayed a lot about quitting the second time, asking for signs, which he gave me over and over. It was just a little slow to respond. Um, but I can tell you that God protected me a, a lot when I was drinking. I really honestly shouldn't be here right now. So I'm going to fast forward to the birth of our son, Mitchell. My pregnancy was completely normal, but Mitch arrived and he came out blue. Um, he was born with a congenital heart defect called transposition of the great arteries, which means that his aorta and pulmonary artery were backwards at birth. So I don't know if this is completely right. We have a lot of doctors in here, but <laughs> I'll just tell you what I understand it to be. Um, that his blood was, instead of going in a figure eight, it was kind of going in two circles. So it, only half of his body was getting oxygenated blood. Um, so I am what you might call an eternal optimist who's married to an actuary or a guy who measures risk. So <laughs> that has to be a God thing, right? Um, I am of the mindset that everything's going to be fine until it isn't, and Mike is kind of not that way. <laughs> um, so anyway, when, when they announced to us they were, that they were sending a flight for life for Mitch to take him from outside of Boulder down to Denver, I, that's when I knew it was serious. Now, this type of surgery can go relatively smoothly, smoothly. Mind you, it is heart surgery, but there are babies that come home within two weeks. Not our son. Everything that could go wrong did. He was on a respirator for five weeks, and he had chest tubes, which they, um, you know, they know from adults are very painful, so we couldn't hold them for the first five weeks of his life. Um, we had three surgeries, and he has scars all over his body. I heard him at a swimming pool once tell a kid 
who asked him what all the scars were from, that he <laughs> got in a fight with a bear and he won. <laughs> so he's got lots of stories. There's a shark one, apparently. <laughs> so I tell you this history because it is the essence of our son. With every obstacle, he put up a fight. He was very close to death on several occasions, but after eight long weeks, he came home with us. For anyone who has a child, you understand that you need God to parent. For anyone who has a child that has faced death, you understand that you need God for strength to face each day. And if you have lost a child, you need faith for the hope and promise of eternity. I honestly don't know how you raise a child without the Lord. We were lucky in that our son Mitch lived, but this experience was the start of a deeper, more personal relationship with the Lord that has been growing ever since. While we were waiting for him in surgery, Mike's uncle Don prayed with and for us. It was that example I needed to recharge my prayer life. I remember going running while Mitchell was still in the hospital and praying to God for every little thing that was going wrong, and he answered every prayer. And I wouldn't change the way this struggle grew my faith for anything. So you kind of get the picture of what a special kind of baby Mitch was, and the fight never really stopped while he was growing up. He was bullied all through his childhood and was somewhat quirky socially. We used to call him the bully magnet because wherever he went, the bullies just found him and attacked, whether it be the neighborhood, the school, church, wherever. Um, but from the day he was born, his heart has been his biggest gift. I refer to him as my gentle giant. A good example of Mitch as a boy growing up was Mike took him to a hockey tryout, and there were probably 30, 40 kids getting on the ice, and one boy left his skate guards on. You're not going to get too far once you hit the ice with your skate guards on. And every single kid passed except Mitchell stopped to make sure that he was okay. He just always cared about people's feelings. And um, in fact, I would get so angry about these kids that bullied him. I'd you know, be on a rant and he'd say, Mom, you know, they really are good people inside. So um, I'm going to fast forward then to the fall of 2011. And Mitch had decided to transfer from Minnehaha to Edina High School for his junior year. I wasn't sold on the idea because, you know, it was going back into a place where he had kind of been bullied. But he was 16 and I thought he should have a voice in where he was going. As a result of Mitchell's type of heart defect, they've done a lot of research, and these kids that have transposition oftentimes um, have ADHD. So he, that's you know, one of those things he'll live with probably for the rest of his life. So school has never been easy. But by early October, Mitch was failing every class he was taking. And Mike and I felt like we had tried every possible thing we could do to support him. He had been to counseling. We had switched schools. He had had tutors. He had an um, organizational tutor. And, you know, that none of those were working. And he was just not only giving up on school, but I felt like he was kind of giving up on life. He was becoming disrespectful and disobedient, and he was walking away from his faith. We decided that we would give him two weeks to make a notable change. Obviously, you're not going to move up to A's or anywhere close to that. But we just wanted to see that he was putting forth an effort of some sort. And we knew you needed a little time to do that. And we just thought, okay, we'll give him two weeks and come up with plan B. That same weekend, we were going to a home builders group, a small, small group through our church. And a friend of ours told us about this Christian-centered boarding school. And it was in Montana. There was a family, actually, the dad, or the family did come to Family Fest one year, I think. John McGeady is his name. Um, they love this place so much, they have since all moved to Montana. So um, I told my friend I would give John a call. And I called John. And... He said, well, actually, I'm going to be in town tomorrow so we can have coffee. So that was just kind of the first of many um, things the Lord did to show me that this was his plan. After meeting with him, um, we, Mike and I both decided that we were on board with doing this. And 
the idea is that you don't wait too long. In fact, if, you can, if you're going to do it, you do it tomorrow. So um, I got to tell you, though, thinking about sending your child away and doing it are two totally separate things. I was reading my notes for Bible Study Fellowship, and the first paragraph of the notes said this, that disruption and displacement are, in your life are almost always painful, but they can lead to expansion into new work and new effectiveness. Later in that same paragraph, it said that the, at the hands of God, removal from one place or endeavor can bring renewal for knowing him better. Okay, God, I get it. You're telling us that Mitch has to move from this place to another. I'm a leader at BSF, and the next Monday, I decided to share this with my leaders group. I caught myself off guard because I totally broke down, which is not like me, not a comfortable thing for me. Um, and I got to experience, well, he brought these people around me, and I got to experience the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. And it was a privilege and a comfort for me at the time. They sent me, you know, um, verses. They were praying for me. They still ask me how Mitch is doing. It's awesome. Um, I think you remember yesterday how Bill was telling us that uh, we need to share our stuff to make ourselves vulnerable and keep it real. And what I learned by doing this is that um, when you humble yourself and, and show your true what's really going on, people, people will rally. Um, and, I, and I didn't do this because I had a pride issue about it. I thought that, you know, my son's failings were, meant that I was, that it was a reflection on me as a mom. But I'll give you a piece of advice. If you have any pride issue, the Lord will break it down, whether you want him to or not. I think I probably was thinking I had it all together. I've got these five kids. You know, I've got it all together. Well, right when I think I'm all that, God reminds me that he is. This was my first lesson from this experience. Humble yourself and share the real you. Before we could send Mitch to Montana, Mike and I had to go and get a piece of paper notarized. This paper we signed was giving the people in Montana our parental rights for a year. I'm not going to lie, that was a pretty rough moment for me. I was letting complete strangers parent my son. Now you may think to yourself, did you trust these people? Did you interview them? Had you gone to the place and checked it out? No, I did not. And I know that's hard to understand, but, I, but God gave me 100% confidence that this was his plan. So I wasn't trusting strangers to raise my son. I was giving my son to God to raise. Mitchell became my Isaac, and I know it sounds dramatic, but, while he, but at first it felt like he had died. I could barely go in his room. When I'd see his car, it was just really hard. Two weeks ago in BSF, we studied Abraham's sacrifice of Isaac, and it brought me right back. It was the single hardest thing I had done as, as a mother to date. And Mike actually got the harder part of the job because he had to drop him off. The philosophy was that the dad, who's the leader of the family, is the one that, you know, and there's no good way to leave your kid when you're not going to see him for who knows how long. So that was, that was tough. The first two weeks Mitchell was in Montana, we couldn't talk to him. And the idea was that Mitch would miss us and see our value again. Um, the staff would send us texts, though, and tell me that my six-foot-three-inch son was crying in bed at night. And it killed me. So I decided I was going to go to Mitchell's room and get on my knees and pray for him daily. What else could I do? I kept a journal of all my, all my prayer requests and how God answered them. And hopefully someday Mitch will want to read it. Um, I prayed Isaiah 40, 28, 31 every day. Our Lord is an everlasting God, maker of heaven and the earth. That one. I won't say the whole thing, though I do have it memorized. <laughs> um, I needed his strength to get through this. This practice has changed my prayer life. And take it from me, we have a God who cares about everything that we are going through. And he wants to hear from you, every detail. 
another life lesson. The last thing I learned is that the Lord will take all of our suffering and use it for good. I know this in my head. I knew this in my head, but now I know this in my heart. He took my deepest, darkest time and used it for his glory. The day Mitch came home from Montana was one of the best days of my life. It wasn't an easy transition, but Mitch grew quite a bit as a man. He's homeschooled, and his grades are all A's and B's. He's very responsible and very um, compliant. And best of all, while he was in Montana, Mitchell rededicated his life to Christ. I remember that the day he called me to tell me, and I could hear the joy in his voice. It's one of those days that will stay with me forever. I can honestly say that if I'm if I can make sure that my five boys know Jesus as their Savior and are living lives to glorify God, that's really all I need in this lifetime. I can't see now. <laughs> um, I don't care about what grades you're getting. Kind of. I kind of do, but <laughs> I'm trying not to. Um, or what school you're going to or what level sport team. I always tell my boys I'll come see them if they're on the F team, but... Um, and I don't care what accolades you have on your college application. I know that all that matters is that in the end that we love each other right where we are right now. Let me assure you, we still struggle with our boys. We str still struggle with Mitch. But I know that when we know the Lord and trust him, we can do all things. Thank you.